Hello, welcome back to Burgers, Burgers and More Burgers. My name is Ben Hobson and uh, this is the podcast where I interview your favourite authors about their favourite books. I'm really excited about this one. Uh, I genuinely came away from this conversation with Holden Shepard about one of his favourite books, The Alchemist. Um, Really inspired. I left inspired to continue to pursue my dreams, my writing career, all those different things. And uh, this this book, The Alchemist, it uh, it really inspired me. So I hope it inspires you too. Uh, I got to meet Holden in real life, which is awesome. We actually, you know, I'll have a bit of a trigger warning. Um, Holden does use the C word, which he's known to use. Uh, we actually have a discussion at the start about not using it, but I wanted to actually include that conversation because this is really part of it. This part of the atmosphere. We had at a great restaurant. It's called Bluegrass at New Farm Bluegrass Smokehouse. They had awesome burgers, um, but you will hear cars and trucks and all those sorts of things behind us. You know, it's part of what we're doing with this podcast is to have conversations and to just make it feel like you're really there with us having a good chat. Um, as always, make sure you hit us up on socials with what you're reading. But other than that, here's Holden. Uh, should I just try to avoid swearing? Because um, I, I will try hard to if it's a problem. It's not a problem for me. I don't know whether Danny it's a problem for like, Danny. Well, yeah. then maybe if Danny doesn't like it. Well, I dropped it. the C-bomb in my last one with her the other day. Yeah. And she was like... She flagged it. She had to like put a little trigger warning at the start. She thought it was hilarious, but she's like, I'm putting a trigger warning. It's like, can't you just bleep it? Um, but she wanted to keep it. So I'll try to maybe not say the C-bomb. Up to you. <laughs> no, <I'm laughs> to, if I avoid that, I think that's the only one that causes problems. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, well, yeah. Fair enough. And I'm sure you'll manage. Is it hard? For like an hour to not drop the C-bomb? I think, I don't know. I just seems to, like, because I was really conscious of like, I'm, you know, like you're on radio, you do a podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm usually pretty switched on of like, cool, I can't say this. And I was doing the interview with Danny about 30 minutes in. I said, oh, you know, because if you do that, people think you're a cunt. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just came out, you know? I wasn't trying to be like, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, shit. Yeah. So I'll actually try to do good. See, well, I'm, because I'm a high school teacher and a dad, like, I'm very used to modifying. Uh-huh. I actually don't swear very often, regardless. You actually read my books. I actually don't. In you're, I've you're avoided it. I don't know if classy is the right word. Classy is a strange word. I think I've just, um, when I was in the band, right, yeah. I started off in the band and I had a five-string bass. And I always used that low B to hit that bottom end and makes things sound really fat and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, nice. And the, it was a bit muddy. It was a decent bass, but the guitarist originally, eventually said, why don't you use that beautiful Fender jazz bass that you have? I was like, but it's only got the four strings. I can't hit the low end. And he's like, yeah, but you'll be more creative because uh-huh. you've got less. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I feel like... That's my philosophy of swearing in, in anything in writing. Yeah. Is yeah. if you can get away with not using it but get the same effect, it's like Yeah. I don't know. Smarter. A bunch of a, yeah, if, of a swear word. Yeah. Without using it and do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, do I hear you? Um so I'm here with Holden Shepherd in the actual flesh, which is an amazing uh, achievement. I want to congratulate myself. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say you're the most modest bloke in the Australian writing industry. I'm going to take that back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm not humble where it counts, buddy. Uh, no, but we're out. We're actually going to have burgers. We've ordered. We're very excited. Oh, here come our drinks, actually. That's me, mate. Thank you. And yeah, we're excited we get to actually do this in person. This was obviously the original idea of what we were doing with the podcast. Thank you very much, mate. Um, and yeah, it's good that we get to do this. And listen, any authors listening, if you're coming to Brisbane, if you want to just hit me up, I'm very keen to do in-person chats with actual uh, things in front of us. Yes. Drinks. Burgers and drinks. And burgers and drinks. Very exciting. So thank you, Holden. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Peter. How was your gig last night in Brisbane oh it was bloody awesome mate. it was probably the best kind of end to this leg of the interstate tour like mm. this, you know I, I've just done Adelaide and Brisbane and that's the kind of end of uh, touring kind of nationally so yeah. I go back home and I'm, I'm spending a few months at home last night was phenomenal like, Brisbane Powerhouse is just the coolest venue probably I've seen in the country to be honest like it wow was just, that's cool I, like it's, I know it's, that sounds like a big call it probably just means I don't get out enough but, um, <laughs> but no it was like a really cool like converted power station and it's mm. like got multiple theatres inside like funky as hell yeah yeah um, I really really loved it interview with Mon Shafter they were awesome um yeah, just had the best time, great audience, good audio, you know, like as writers we're used to doing like a, you know, we speak in a bookshop or a library or something, yep. it's just like a big theatre with like the full sound Proper and sound. lighting. And did everything. you get the Madonna mic or did you have a handheld? I didn't get the Madonna mic, oh, okay. but I'm okay, because every time I get the Madonna mic I kind of mess it up, so... Because you keep I, fiddling with it? Yeah, and I, I'm actually, I feel more confident with a handheld. Okay. Um, 
even though the Madonna mic feels a bit more rock star. It does. Time, it like, is called the Madonna mic. Yeah. That was actually. Everyone calls it a Madonna mic. That's Everyone. who it was. Good mate. Oh, yeah, that was. Alright, so we're, you're going to hear cars and motorbikes, so forgive me in podcasts. Just imagine you're with us right now. You're here at the Right table. here at the table, so those annoying cars and whatever. Um, it used to be my job, man. I was an audiovisual tech, oh, right. so I would have been the guy who handed you the thing and said to speak in it this far away from the face and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And we always called it the Madonna mic. Yeah, yeah. it's universal. So. Yeah, the lapel, Madonna, and the handheld. Yeah. Um, so we're here today to talk to Holden about... A book that he has chosen for me to read called The Alchemist, which I was really impressed by. It was really fun to read, and I've heard of this book for a very, very long time. Like, it's just been a word or a, a title that's been in the back of my mind. Um, I never took the time to read it. I never knew what it was about. Mm. When you sent it to me, because we had a bit of a, a mix-up with dates and things like that, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm so sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> Totally Surprise, fine. You're doing it now. Yeah, exactly. So I actually thought we were going to be doing this a month from now. I actually don't know when this podcast will come out either. So anyway, um, so I had like a week and very thankfully you said to me, I'll read this one. It's nice and short. I was like, is it? I'd always thought The Alchemist was like a big, massive tome of a book. Oh. Yeah, I don't know why. No, super, super short, super easy to read. It's a Almost, cool copy you have. Yeah, I found this in a bookshop, I don't know, years and years ago, but it was like one of those limited edition kind of nice versions but it's got a little case that it slides into mm. um, and I'll show you it's like oh awesome I mean, podcast listeners can't see no that. that's unfortunate that's but awesome there's, there's that's beautiful kind of illustrated the paper is really really um, fine it's right. like glossy almost but not quite that's really yeah um, it makes it feel more like a fable right like which is you know a big part of it yeah and but, um, it is what it is I mean it is a, it's like it a parable is. really it is yeah it felt yeah, it felt like biblical or spiritual. But anyway, yes. we're going to get to it in a sec. I wanted to start because I've been, you know, obviously I haven't talked to you in person ever. Um, a big thing that I know you and I both, us, you and I both <laughs> think about a lot is um, fitness. Yes. So you and I both did the push-up challenge yeah. to raise money for um, mental health in Australia, which was really great and it was cool to see you know the the progression and how tough it was and we sort of helped each other out motivation wise yeah. but um i know that you're big into fitness and we're going to be eating these super fatty calorie dense <laughs> burgers but i was wondering what your take is in regard to like fitness and then like your creative life as well because mm. i've heard i've spoken to carl perry about it especially as oh, well yeah. he's yeah, yeah. really into it like he said he has to be physically active in order for his brain to be working properly. But yeah, I was just wondering on your take, like how do they link? Are they linked to you? Do you see them separately? That's interesting. Um, Thank you. No, well, <laughs> well, you know, I like questions like this because they're so custom to me. You know, like that, like, yes, this is something I'm into and I don't get to talk about it often. Yeah. Um, I, I think I have to be physically fit to be happy. Mm. Like, and I don't have to be in good shape necessarily. Yeah. Because like, I mean, I've been on like a month long <laughs> bender of like fucking, you know, oh shit, swearing, swearing all. <laughs> it um, took how long? Hang it on. Took how many minutes? Not long. Oh, I'd, like I'd, ten minutes. I'd said to Ben beforehand, I was like, I'm not gonna swear. <laughs> I swore on Danny B's podcast that I'm not gonna do it this time. Um, no, so I've been you know, on a month long tour of just and and actually it was even before that month because I was finishing my third book, so I was you know eating and drinking. And then it's just been like a month long cheat meal. Um, so I'm not necessarily. It sounds so right good. Now. It sounds so good though, doesn't it? I mean, it's it's, it's been, been fun, it's right? It's been indulgent. Yeah, yeah. But I have to work really hard when I get home. Um, but I've still been going to the gym. I've still been walking. I've still been doing all that stuff. So um, physically active, maybe nutritionally not as well looked after, but yeah, yeah active, still physically right? moving. Yeah, but like the, the physical activity and the nutrition being good. To be honest. In when I'm at home and things are normal, yeah, that keeps me really happy. Mm-hmm. You know, that keeps me really level and really calm, and I feel um, feel very in my body. Yeah, like, like when you've had connected you know, to your body, connected to my body, but like really in it and grounded. You know, like there's uh, I've had lots of anxiety shit in my life, so you end up kind of out of body almost, and you're kind of in your head. Mm. And, and going to the gym every day, playing mm. footy, going for a walk in the sun, you know, doing labouring work instead of office work now. Like it all brings me down from there. And like really into my body. And when I'm in my body, I know how I feel. Like, That's I know how really interesting. So yeah, I can, I can write from a gut-driven place much more easily because I'm already there. Yeah, that's interesting. And then like linking that idea of um, anxiety to, uh, well, I mean, I can speak to that. You can speak to that. I mean, everyone's experience is very different. 
but I, I found for myself that's very true like when I'm when I'm worrying over things and just churning things over in my mind and getting really anxious about things coming up um, I also find that it always it's mirrored by where I'm at in regard to my physical health yeah and it, I, sometimes I just think it's a mindset like sometimes I think because the indulgence right I'm just letting it all be chaos and there's no sense of like I have purpose and this is what I'm choosing to do with my life and it's more like I'm at the whim of whatever right and then so then I'm at the whim of whatever thought comes in whatever concern yes and And it feels like you're out of control yeah yeah but when I'm choosing my nutrition when I'm doing well with my fitness and going to the gym I get a sense a little bit more of I have Direction. I'm moving forward in some capacity. Yeah. It makes me feel better about myself. I have more pride maybe in myself. Yeah, I think it's a real thing. It's something about mastery of your own impulses, you know. Mm. Like it's like quite a grown man thing to be able to, you know. To say no. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, cool, no, I really, you know, my, you know, at some base level, I really want to eat that or drink that or do that. But, but I don't. Uh, I choose not to. to. Not because I know it makes me feel better not to. And, and in the long thing, run. Yeah. yeah. Being able to parent yourself in that way is like quite an adult skill. It is. <laughs> still learning it. And, yeah, I was going to say, I'm still learning it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sitting here with my Jack Daniels. But, um, no, but that's, the, that's what we're saying, all right? Like, in, as an adult, again, being able to make those little choices where you do cheat a little I mean cheat is the wrong word really it's just that you choose to do something different yeah. but then you choose to do differently over here so my problem is cheat meal nah <laughs> cheat year <laughs> I, just, I think it was that cheat day and I was like oh, yeah, no cheat year go for it no yeah. yeah well I just know that when I when I lose the sense of purpose and control I just fall back into old operations mm-hmm. I find and then yeah man like I just there'll be there'll be times I'll drive to work and I've had no sleep because I'm worried about stuff and I'll have all these thoughts running through my mind just concerns who I am what I'm doing worried about what I said over here and and then I'm always like well hang on I've just been eating so poorly the last few weeks yeah. I'm like oh okay they are linked like yeah. it takes me weeks to wake up I think to that sort of stuff yeah. I don't know whether you find we, the same thing. No, and we, we yeah, because we and we kind of like float through life going, wow, things are really shit at the moment, and uh, you know, a mystery. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. And then yeah. you just, like get you cotton onto the fact that those really core things are not in sync. Yeah. And you can very quickly correct course. Um, I'm a big fan of Alanis Morissette. She's <laughs> I know you are. Of, I know you. I know everyone knows <laughs> I am. But um, she talked about once you know, she had eating disorders and anxiety and all kinds of shit. Mm. Um, but her thing was like first sleep then food and then exercise and like that was the order of like get those things right mm. and then you can do everything else mm. but you can't you can't just jump to like I'm exercising but I'm not eating or sleeping like you have to be getting enough sleep first you have to be eating well mm. then do the exercise stuff and get all three right and you'll be like lovely. you'll feel yeah that's yeah and you'll be at your prime sort of I'm living my life and feeling the best about myself mode yes. ideally right yeah. and then all the other stuff but see, and again, you know what? Let's let's start talking about the book. Yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm, this is like chatting no, about no, the no. And, this uh, is what I want to talk yeah, about yeah. because this is what some of the things that made me think in the book. Um, mm. Because the book is like we were talking about. It's a real parable. It's a real fable. But a lot of it seems to be you need to be in tune with your heart yeah. and your heart's desire, and then to live a life or a fulfilling life is to find that desire and live it out. Yeah, and so. Um, talking with you about like physical fitness like I'm at the moment I get up at 4.30 every day I know it's stupid (laughs) but it's the one time I have to go exercise because in the afternoon I'm with my kids I want to actually spend time with them or I try to do reading like for an interview or you know whatever it is but yeah yeah you've got other priorities I'm tired that's tiring man like I want to live my best life and I want to follow these desires and the creativity I feel you know what? If I'm being completely real, yeah. the last maybe year when I've really started to do more interviews and more more stuff like this, yeah. um, which I love to do, but I think I lost a little bit of that original spark of why I love writing. I think yeah. I lost it. It became like a business. Yes. You know what I mean? Especially once you've got a couple of... Oh, thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Sorry for making you go away around the weird way. Oh, you're good. Yeah. Thank Appreciate you. It. No Thanks. This looks good. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, it does. You excited? I 
I'm very excited. That's a good looking burger. Where are we? Where at the? Where do we go? <laughs> It's the Bluegrass Blue Authentic Southern Barbecue right. in New Farm. New Farm, yeah. In Brisbane. Yeah, give Which, it a shout out. Which, by the way, is not a farm. I have not seen a single cow. Nor is it new. <laughs> I was <laughs> so freaking last night. I just wanted to be like, what a shitty farm. Like, it doesn't. <laughs> it's no animals at all. <laughs> Bro, have you heard the. Um, there's a suburb up here that makes me giggle every time. It's Burpin Gary. <laughs> See, right? It's funny. Yeah, it is. You talk to a Queenslander, it's they're like, it's funny. normal. Yeah. I'm always picturing a guy belching on the side of the road <laughs> named Gary. We've got, um, we've got uh, Coburn in Perth. Coat. But it's spelled Cockburn. <laughs> and so, I just, you know, I can't ever help going past it and being like, yeah, the city of Cockburn. <laughs> um, or in Melbourne, when you're driving down that highway and you come to Ernst Wanky Road. <laughs> You've never seen us, Wanky no, Road? No. I'm sure it's supposed to be pronounced one K. I don't know. I've never. <laughs> every time I giggle, man. Uh, yeah, it's a crack up. Um, what uh, were we talking about? I, we were talking about finding purpose. Yeah, and then. And your purpose coming back to loving writing. Yeah, and right? then at the same time, my life is so rich. I have all these awesome things like my kids. I love. I have a full time job which I actually enjoy most of the time. Yep. I like exercising. I like being healthy. I like doing these interviews but it's like I don't have enough space every day to be doing well at all the things I love I don't know I don't yeah, know you're, I spinning, just, you're spinning all the plates at once and you're like yeah and it's just this book really made me dwell on it made me go like maybe I've lost that first spark in the love I haven't I haven't been actively creatively writing I have on and off but like uh, to how long it's been hard uh, honestly this this year I would say oh okay yeah I've done a few short stories and I did um, I did the edits for my new book coming out and wrote a bit there too. But other than that, I've just been dwelling on ideas and research, but not like, I miss I miss it a bit, but. Uh, my theory is that we get sick as creatives if we don't, like I can go a good few weeks, maybe a couple of months yeah. without writing. Yeah. If it goes longer than that, I start to just feel like inherently like ah, feel weird. Something's wrong. You're not you. Yeah, yeah, and I need to just sit down and be expressed. And if there's no time for it, that's where I get really like upset and I don't. And the other wheels fall off. Yeah. Know? The nutrition falls off and the sleep falls off and the exercise. Falls Everything off. starts to trickle. It's a trickle uh-huh. down sort of thing, yeah. right? Whereas like constantly writing, even if it's not for publication, but just making time to like be quiet and sit at the laptop by myself. Like that's my favorite part of this industry. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. The touring and all that stuff is great. But I actually, my favourite part is just sitting there by myself, totally in control of what creating I'm doing. Creating something, yeah. Creating something that makes me happy. That's amazing. Mm. Yeah, and see, I think I tried to justify it a bit because I'm like, well, I'm still in the world because I'm reading all these books, I'm talking to all these authors, I'm still in there. But I, I really do think I started to look at it much more like a business, I think. Uh-huh. And less like a joy. And I, I think yes. a big part of the... I mean, is this... When did you when did you first read the book? As I say, it's really interesting hearing your take on this. Now, yeah. Now as an as an author, yeah, I'm feeling that way. So I read this. So this was pushed into my hands by my geography teacher. Oh. At the start of year twelve, so I was sixteen, and he was Mr. Deathlifter, and he was just like, <laughs> "You got to read it. You got to read it." Like it was like a. Yeah. He was very animated. Yeah. And he was like, "You got to read it. You'll love it." And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "You got to read it." And I was like, "Okay." Like, fine. I will read it. Um. And so I read this book, and it was just one of those things that I went, holy crap. And you were young, man. You were forming, right? Yeah, and it was just this extremely formative... uh, It's a book, but it is a parable, and I think it pretty much formed my worldview, to be honest. That's amazing. Yeah, it's not (laughs) not like a small thing for me. Yeah. Um, So I read, and so I've always... It's the book that made me go, I could be a writer. I could leave Geraldton, I could pursue writing, because that's my dream. So I guess I'll just quickly say, like the, you know, the the premise is you've got a shepherd boy, which is great as well. The the, the name works. The name works. Um, yeah. You've got a shepherd boy named Santiago yeah. in Spain. Yeah. It's a dream of finding treasure in Egypt, and he goes, "Cool, I'm gonna go in search of this treasure." You know, and, and you know, it, it was kind of this thing of like, I have nothing to lose. Maybe it'll be there, and off he goes. So it's a it's a parable about following your dreams. Yeah. And being true to yourself. Um, so I've read this and gone, oh my God, I want to be a writer. You know, and it was, it, you know, boy from Jero, and I'm from Spalding, which is like the ghetto of Jero. You know what I mean? like, <laughs> so like, 
that that's not a trajectory that happens often. You know, like you don't usually come out of a place like that. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. In your high school, because I'm from a very small country town myself. Mm. In your high school, do they have pictures of past alumni up that were like did something impressive? Oh my god, I have no idea. My do high school. Every like time I walked to English class. I went past the three people who did something incredible from Yarram in Gippsland. One was a glass blower. I can't remember the other two, but it's been my dream. I just want to make it you to that wall. That wall. wall. I, know, I don't I'm even know if it's that. there, right? Oh no, yeah, no, I totally get that. You deserve to be on that wall. <laughs> yeah. Do some like quiet lobbying to like. I have. The schools this is not. I yeah. talk about it as <laughs> on every interview. <laughs> Tag them in. Yeah. The... <laughs> Hi, we talked about you again, alumni association. Yarram High School. <laughs> Come on, man. Anyway. Um, um, no, I don't, I, I don't know. My, I don't know if my school does that. Um, but that's the idea, though, right? You wanted to... Is that Sorry, is that part of the idea? Like, you wanted to break out of the typical life that maybe you saw everyone else living? Or what was it with that really sparked this idea of being an author? Um, no, I wanted to do it since I was seven, but I don't... I think there was a sense of, like... Kind of what's in Invisible Boys with Charlie when he talks about um, wanting to be in a, a, you know, a rock band. No, like, a, you know, a rock singer and, and have this blaze of glory... Mm. Like there's two ways out of this ha- this you know shit all over town. You leave in a blaze of glory or you die. And I think I was also, you know I think I was very driven at a young age of like I think I saw that you know like I love Jerry I love where I come from yeah but it was kind of like okay I can very clearly see if I stay here if I work as a labourer with dad or if I get a job in town um, I can see the life I'm going to have yeah and it's fine but it was like I really wanted more I really wanted. You wanted to, to strive something for something different. I wanted to do something special. Yeah. I wanted to do something that made me really happy. And this is the thing that made me really happy, and it just happens to be, you know, instead of, I don't know, welding making me really happy, it was like writing a book, and that's like a really hard industry to break into. Really um, hard. But, but can, I, I can I ask, like, so this was a dormant sort of desire all the way through school, and then your geography mm. teacher hands you this book, and it sort of reawakened that kind of like I could possibly I need to follow this dream into its end. Yeah. This Can is I tell you, this is this you'll, is incredible. You'll like this because yeah. it's kind of I've always liked it because it kind of links back to so in the story he goes he stops in Morocco somewhere for ages and is stuck in like a crystal shop. Yes. And yeah, he, I love that bit. Yeah, so he's stuck in this crystal shop and he kind of makes the best of it and that's but that ends up being kind of like part of his journey to get where he needed to be. And he takes pride in... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. You know, he takes pride in his work. Yeah. He does his best, right? So, I was initially... I was into maps and I wanted to be a town planner at some point. Oh, it's my wife's job. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That's what she does. Get out. That's exactly... That is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> that is funny, man. That is actually really spinning. She's very good at her job. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, no, so, so I had that idea. So that's why I was studying geography. I studied geography... So Interesting. Go and have to be a town planner, mm. and then go on to draw maps and create towns, and that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And in that geography class is when he gives me this book that basically said, "No, go back to being a writer." Oh wow! Yeah. And so so you were on one track, and he put you on a different track. Yeah. And so after I read this, I dropped out of geography. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> what would the teacher think, man? Oh, he hated it. He was like, he, he <laughs> "What have I done?" <laughs> he had, I was like the I, I was like the top. I got the geography award in year eleven. And so in year 12, he was like, you can't do this. Like, he was absolutely horrified. Mate, like, you can't do this to me. That's like, a massive choice. Yeah. That's but, a big call on your part to go, I am halfway through year 12. Yeah. Is it year 12? Yeah, it was, it was, I don't know, a couple of months in. I am successful at this thing. I know that I will succeed in this thing. Mm, mm. But I really feel like this. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. It, well, but, and that's why I'm, I would actively say to my children, don't <laughs> Well, I know. You know what like, I mean? Like the advice yeah. you would get would be, don't do that thing because you're like, you need a backup plan. Need a backup plan. Need a real plan, job or yeah. a real degree or whatever. It's just a hobby sort of thing. Yeah, and I mean that's what everyone thought. But I read that book and I just was profoundly convinced that, like, yes, this is actually this is how you make a dream come true. You actually just have to have that innate belief that I will keep working. I'll work in a crystal shop for one year. I'll work in a crystal shop for fucking twenty five years if I have to. I will make it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And so that became my thing of like, I know I'll make it one day. It's like that belief. Yeah. That, because I mean, I'm going to guess that a lot of people who listen to this podcast and Danny's podcast um, are writers who are dreaming of breaking into the industry. I mean, I know that's where I was. That's where I I used to listen to every podcast and just go, I wish I could be eating a burger with Holden. You know what I mean? (laughs) But um, it's just for people out there listening, like it's, that's the hardest thing to find is that self-belief right and not Mm. it's actually my wife was actually 
when I was starting to write and like I was I was writing for nine to ten years before I got any sort of progress you yeah. know what I mean like I wrote four books before I wrote the one that got published wow yeah so I was and I was really going at it too because I loved it and I loved doing it when did you start writing yeah 20 no 2008 you're an adult yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well yeah, so I moved up here to be with Lena, so I had to leave the band behind. Yep. And I was at uni studying music, and I was in a few bands with some awesome people, but it wasn't the same, and I was like, I want to be creative. Mm. And so I picked up a... just went on how to write a book. Yep. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. But um, Lena said, like, it wasn't... Because she never thought I would be pop- published, which sounds terrible, and she hates it when I say it. <laughs> But she, what she meant was, it's not because of my lack of ability and lack of talent or whatever. She always had a strong belief in that. But she just didn't think the world would work that way. You know what I mean? It wouldn't be that easy. Yeah. Or that, yeah. Or that, that, that people would see that sort of thing. Um, and I guess like what we're saying with this book is like, you, you can have that self-belief, but like sometimes... Yeah. Isn't it funny though when you think like, imagine if he'd just been at that crystal shop Mm. Mm. Right, and imagine if the next thing hadn't come along, or it was that's where the king comes in, or was that where the alchemist comes in? The Something, alchemi- yeah. Someone comes in and like, and pulls him into the next chapter. Right, yeah, he joins the kind of caravan, which when I was a kid I thought it was like an actual caravan, <laughs> but a caravan just means like, a, <laughs> you know, it means like a traveling Mate. kind of, yeah, 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 a traveling of, band you know, of people, camels and horses and yeah. donkeys and things. Yeah, but yeah, when I was younger, no, I read it when I was sixteen. I was like, Mate, I understand. Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. understand this story. Yeah. It seems like a parable set in old times. Why is there thing? this modern <laughs> RV with a haircut? Why is there a Winnebago? <laughs> <laughs> um, but here's a question. Yeah. Do you think you can have a life, a fulfilling, meaningful life, if no one else sees it? Oh fuck yeah. Let no. Well, hang on. Okay, wait. Well, let's say your dream is to be a published writer. Uh-huh. You never get published. Yeah. Now, it, would it depend necessarily on the way you viewed your creative life, perhaps, and the frame that you put on it, the lens you put on it? Because a lot of people would look at that. I've tried fifty years to break into the writing business, yeah. and never did. I'm a failure. I don't know whether that's true. I think you can have a meaningful life without the outward. Validation. Or validation, yeah, from other people. Yeah. You can validate yourself. But I'm interested in your thoughts. Um, I believe that's true. That is true. Having said that, and possibly you're the same, you know, I, I yes, I love writing. That's the joyous part of the whole process. But I crave the validation of my life. Yeah. I really wanted to yeah. have someone else. And I knew, you know, Indie published a couple of short stories as e-books and paperbacks. Like, I knew I could do that. I'd done it a little bit. So I knew that that's a way to go about it, but I, the lack of validation, it was a craving. I really wanted someone somewhere, and it didn't really matter who, I just wanted someone in the industry who was discerning to kind of look at me and go, you're good. Yeah. You are good at this. That's all you want. Yeah. yeah. And that's what you're craving when you want to be published. So um, I don't, you know, if I if I'd kept going, if I was still, you know, only laboring and writing books and getting rejected right now. I don't know at what point it would become so crushing that I'd become bitter. Defeat I, after know, defeat, yeah. I don't know. But I've always, I mean, it sustained me for a long time, this book. And, you know, I read it when I was 16. I didn't get published when I was 30. 31, even. Um, so, like, it sustained me for many, many years. And I was just like, no, well, like, there's, there's a line in the book about, um, like, it doesn't matter as long as you're following your heart. Like every encounter, every moment you're having is like an it's encounter with like the bigger picture. With something the on the, the on the way to your other thing. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. You know, like if you if I, if I tried for the rest of my life to be an author, and I was 80 and on my deathbed, you know, and fuck, I never made it. I don't know if I'd have any regrets. Yeah. I would have liked the validation. I would have craved it, but I don't think I'd sit there and go, "I wasted my life." Mm. I, think I would sit there and go, "I had so much fun trying to write. Yeah. I wrote lots of good books. Man, I like them." That would be hard though, man. That'd be hard. Oh, I'm not saying it wouldn't hurt. Yeah. Like, the headspace to get to that, that healthy mentality. Like, mm. Have you ever seen the film um, Amadeus? I haven't. I mean, you know, it's about Mozart when he was very mm. young. Mm. And there's this other guy sort of within the classical music world. Um, I believe his name is Saliero. It's been a while since I've seen it. 
But Saliero is like renowned. He's really good at what he does. Yeah. He's got, you know, he's he's composing symphonies for kings and like he's really brilliant. And then comes this little dickhead, <laughs> Mozart. Yeah. He's like twenty three. He's just brash, doesn't care, lazy, drinks. But when he sits down at a piano, yep. there's something different that happens. There's something special. So everyone flocks to him mm. and leaves Saliero out in the dust. And so for him, it's a huge thing of resentment. And he goes, well, I want to be that. Yeah. Yeah. And he could have had an awesome role in shepherding Mozart and like bringing him up. Mm. But it just didn't happen that way. Nice. Oh. Yeah, thank cool. you so much. It was excellent. Here at the Bluegrass Barbecue... In New Farm. Good promo. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want free. Nah, so I don't want. <laughs> free burgers for life. Imagine. Um, Mate, imagine if I got sponsored by a burger place. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Record every episode here. I will if they, if yeah. they sponsor me. I'll come out on a weeknight and just bring my Zoom recorder and stuff. Oh, this burger's so good. It is good, right? Mm. Thank you for plugging them. The fries were good, but the burger is so good. Yeah, that brisket I had was... Yeah. I'm pretty stoked. Um, yeah, so you're talking about like, the, the jealousy thing? Yeah, yeah. So, Saliera, yeah, it's jealousy, right? It's jealousy. I want that. And so he could have had a fulfilling life. He could have yeah. just accepted that this is where I am and this is where this person is. And for just some reason, it's just not the same. Mm. But he ended up being really bitter. And I, I'm sure there's actually meaning in the ending of that, but I've forgotten how it ends. But I just remember... I remember really connecting with Saliero. I remember going, oh, like... Because yeah. it's, again, it's that external... It's validation from other people. It's self-validation. And he didn't have self-validation. Yeah. Which is struggle too, because we're artists, so we want people to... Look at the thing we make. Yeah. I think it's very like, normal. I think it's very human. I though. think it's like, very normal, I think yeah. I felt it. Yeah. I think people have felt it towards me. Like, I just... A, a lot of interviewers seem to like they ask like so you came out of nowhere pretty much a few years ago <laughs> like, I mean I really didn't like there was a sense that I just like sprung up fully formed at the age of 31 yeah you know, and just yeah, yeah, yeah I was there with the book and there's no very, journey yeah that's funny and I was very like I think because I was maybe confident and brash about how I entered the scene and I just kind of I didn't give I didn't give a shit about a lot of st- stuff that might have held someone back I don't know <clears throat> but I copped a lot of that sense of like this new kid's come in and he doesn't you know, hasn't done his hard yards it's like uh, well actually I have since this, I was seven you know, like, this young like, upstart out of nowhere yeah you know so you're Mozart well in, in, <laughs> in, in, yeah I'll claim that in this metaphor <laughs> yes yeah I'm not as skilled as him but I'll claim that no but I mean but then you know that'll probably happen you know five years from now there'll be some mohawked upstart who's like you know younger and hotter than me Swears even more. Swears more, gets more attention than I did, sells more copies, wins more awards, and I'll be like, you know, fuck that guy. From a from a or from I'll a be town like, with less people in it. <laughs> yeah, with a harder life. Um, no, but you know, it's probably very human to kind of on one level be like, oh, that guy's what I wish I was. But then I don't think I would be any different to that you know, that hypothetical. Yeah. I think I would be like, hey, I'm in the industry, I'm happy to like mm. shepherd and mentor and like you know, that's what everyone. That's done what for you me. hope. That's right. what you've done for me. That's, that's what, what I try to do. Yeah. That's what you, you, you know, people like Nigel or like fucking you know anyone, any mm, author. Mm. There's so many authors who just kind of rally around you and and actually and try to support. You, yeah. Try to lift you up. Yeah. Um, that's really normal. So I know I would do that. That's yeah. So I think that's where you get to where it's healthy, right? Because it's it's acceptance. Like I can't. Mm. I have no control over this. You know, this person is more heralded. They've written a better, mm. better. They've written a book that maybe more people are reading. They mm. got a different thing, but being able to be healthy and accept that and champion them. I think there's a lot of authors, people in the writing community, do really well. But I guess Saliero yeah. was jealous and he wanted to, wanted to tear Mozart mm. down. Mm-hmm. And I guess going back to the book, it's a bit like you got to find your own path and lift other people up. Really, right? Mm. Which is really hard. Like it's, especially when you are feeling jealous, because <laughs> everyone does, right? Oh, you, I do. You, I do. I'm glad you do. Like you, you look at people do who you think get, I don't. No, like sometimes no one talks about this stuff. No, that's true. That's true. No one openly says. I, like you watch an author's festival where everyone got invited and they're having a party, and you're like, uh-huh. oh, well, I wrote a book, guys. Yeah. Guys, yeah. you forgot me. Yeah, no, no, no totally. 
and then you get mad, and then you get sad, and then you get like, I'm a loser, I'm an imposter. Mate, you're <laughs> describing everything I feel. All the time. Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. But, you know, no, no, but it's, it's a laugh of recognition. No, but there's, I mean, there's festivals that I was, I know I was pitched to, and, you know, they, they decline for whatever reason, and you kind of watch everyone else go, and you're like, why am I invited? You know, like... I have things to say. I've got a book. Um, no, but, I've, you know, I, I think you always, like, feel jealous about the thing you didn't get. You know, like... It's always looking at that, though, yeah, right? You won't, you won't sit there and go, oh, I've got these awards, or I've got these sales, or I've got these things. You'll just be like, I didn't get invited to that festival. I didn't get an international deal, but that person did. Why did they get one? Yeah, they man. You know, like, you just... Move the goalposts, eh? Like, yeah, but oh, none of you, that's you, in our control. You started with, all I wanted was one person to say, mm. you've got something. Uh-huh. It does. It changes, though, right? Because now you've got two books out, yeah. the Brink being the one you're touring on now. Mm. And that is... <laughs> you, I bet you're still looking around going like, why wasn't I invited to that? Why didn't I get nominated for that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, something so funny someone said to me once of like, you know, when Invisible Boys was out and I've been out a couple of years and just picking up like accolades and things, someone said something to the effect of like, oh yeah, you're in that kind of, you know, literary circle of Australian authors. And I was like, no, I'm not. And I was like, is there a circle? I've not been invited to this circle. Like, There is. Aren't you on the group? Oh, damn. (laughs) It's awkward. Bro. And Hobson's the like the chat master. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm the moderator. I never invited you. Sorry, man. Saws <laughs> oversight. Um, no, but you know there was that sense. Uh, like it's an illusion. I think. I don't think it's real. I yeah, think, like, I agree. There is a sense that there's this group of whoever, and I don't think. I think everyone is sitting there. Commercial authors, literary authors, whatever. Everyone is sitting there looking at another group of people going, "Oh, why do they not like me? Mm. Why am I not in there?" Mm. I think we're all doing it, and I don't think it is an in. I don't think there is like a central, you know, headquarters of the official best yeah, authors ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's an illusion. I agree. And I think, you know, what we're talking about is this idea of like, we're compa- when you compare yourself to others, it always seems to be you wind up looking worse, mm. right? It's never comparing down. Damn, that's a, I don't like that word. But I think this is, again, part of the book is about that self-acceptance and it's about like, I am just this person mm. doing my thing. Um, I am going to wait here patiently and accept that this is a season in my life for five years, working this thing here while I wait for this other thing. Yeah. The self, the awareness to, maybe to even to let those sorts of, not to deny the feeling mm. of jealousy, not to deny the feeling of comparison, but just to learn quickly to let some things go. Like it's really hard to get to there, I think. It is, but, but having read a book like The Alchemist, it actually sustained me through a lot of those seasons in my life. That's so cool, man. Like, it's given you self-belief, right? Mm. But, like, you know, I'd have times where I... Like, I left uni. And, you know, people around me were kind of like, you know, okay, you've, you know, bludged around with this creative writing and French double degree or double major. <laughs> you know, like, get a, you, need a, you need to get a big boy job now. You know, like, sure. Well, initially it was like, you should be studying engineering or law or, you know, something real because yeah. I was book smart. Yeah. And academic. I was, like, I was academic, and I was like, no, I don't want to do that. So I was doing what I love because I'd read The Alchemist, and I was like, you've got to do what you love. I, like, it really was my life belief. Um, but then I, you know, finished, and I was like, okay, maybe I should get a big boy job. You know, how do I make money off writing in French? I didn't know how. And so um, I worked in a bank for a year, you know, full time. And there's other times where I worked in university full time for a couple of years. And I just always had this book in the back of my head of like, okay, well, this is just what I need to do now. Like, I need to pay the bills. I need to have all my credit card debt. I need to do, like, I was just, you know. Yeah, so it's... But I was like, one day I will get there. This is the season. This is my time in the crystal shop. It helped you with patience. Yeah. That's amazing. Because as a writer, you can be really... Impatient. Really impatient. Like, you you turn 28 and you're like, well, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. My time to break in, I've already passed it. Yeah, which is so untrue. So like, untrue. People write their first novels up until 60 Mate, or I'm into, or I whatever. interviewed Frank Chalmers. His first book came out 75 years oh, old. Oh, wow. So I know. Yeah. It's normal. It's um, never too late. It's never too late to do that. But, um, yeah. So, so something like this just sustained me through like those shitty times where there was lots of rejection or... You know, I've spent three years writing a fantasy novel. Agents didn't want it. I had to start from scratch. Yeah. With Invisible Boys. Like, yeah. That was actually probably... I mean, you've done it because you've, you've written four books before. Yeah. But, like, I I didn't have that sense of... Um, I didn't know that it's so normal to write several manuscripts before you have one that works. Me either. It, so it's heartbreaking. It the is. first time you go... You put oh, everything into every single part of yes. every one of them. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Yes, because you're convinced that's the, that's the ticket into the industry. That's the ticket. Yeah, but also, like, just... Not even if it's not the ticket, but just, like, this is... I did something cool. 
I love this. I really thought this was great. And then you're saying my taste is broken. Like I don't, I can't see my own worth. Yeah. I thought this was cool. If I just made an idiot of myself, mate, I went to, you know, this was book week this week. Oh, yeah. When I was a kid, I went to a fancy dress party. Uh, and so all, it was in Yarram in Gippsland, where I'm from. So it was 50 kids, all from primary school. It was grade five. You can tell how well I remember this. And I, I, yeah, and I went, oh, it's a fancy dress. And like it was best dress prize and all that sort of stuff. But you come as a costume, like a movie character. Yeah. And I thought I'd go as Karate Kid. So I got a Karate Kid outfit. Yeah. I got like a red bandana. I don't even know if that's part of the movie, but I was like really looking cool. Yeah. And I got there. Not another person had dressed up. No. No. And I felt like in... Now, I hope I would go, well, you know what? I'm the only one who was brave enough to do this thing. But back then, man, I was so embarrassed and just ashamed of myself and just... Oh, that stays with you. I won the best dress. I bet you did. Can you imagine if you didn't? <laughs> Susie came in her normal shirt and jeans. Better than you, though. I'm like this dude who just came straight from karate. Oh, man. That's funny. Imagine. But that's how it feels. I think sometimes when you send your manuscript out and they get rejected, mm. you're like, you dressed up as Karate Kid at the concert no one else yeah. is dressed up. You're like, I thought I was cool. Yeah. And you thought it would work. You know, like, I you thought it would work. People would love it. And you just get nothing. You get, yeah, and you just feel like a loser. Mm. And like picking yourself up from that is very, very difficult as a creative, I think. Like, I'd, I don't know, I reckon it would probably crush some people. Like, I think some people probably. There's probably the people. The manuscript gets rejected, and it's like that's the end of that manuscript. I'm done. I think some would stop. I think that's probably people listening to this. Mm. There's probably a bunch of them saying, "We've given up." That's We've... so normal. Like, I think it's not. It's understandable, man. Like it was so hard every time to pick mm. yourself back up. Mm. But every you know, every author I speak to has several books. Not every author, but most. Yeah. That most your first book published is not the first one you wrote. I think that's the typical thing yeah mm. that it takes practice to be good at it mm, mm. Oh, wait, you're being so composed with how disgusting I look right I just now. ate my burger very quickly <laughs> <laughs> while no, you I'm talked I'm really slowly because <laughs> well, you're, you're like, talking more I know. it's good though it was good saucy burgers oh it's so good yeah I mean I've enjoyed it yeah um to go back to the alchemist a little bit mm. um I'm really curious about um how the book, the actual prose in the book has then shaped what you achieve or what you do, even if it's moving away from it, but it's just, it's really pared back. It's really simple. It's yeah. really, I wouldn't say, sorry, I wouldn't say simplistic. It's very complex in its ideas. But it's very simply presented, um, very clear, not, not fluffy, not really, I wouldn't call it al- Simplicity, maybe with elegance, but like not, not flowery. I guess I don't know. But is this is that stuff that really infuses the way you like to think about your own work as well? Yeah, hundred percent. I think it's. I think it was very influential on how I write um, because I saw that everything is well coming from kind of you know I was good at I was good at academic kind of stuff. I was good at English, mm. um, and I have a good vocabulary. And I always did as a kid, um, but I was from maybe more of a blue-collar background where I didn't really, I don't know, flowery kind of stuff didn't kind of grab me. Was that thing that you were interested in, yeah? Yeah, and it probably didn't feel, like, it would have felt like I was, you know, the kid putting on his dad's suit. Mate, full on. Yeah, I understand, yeah. It's just never appealed to me, and I don't think I could probably do it very well anyway if I tried. I think it would come across as confected. Um, You would feel, yeah, you would feel like you're putting a pose on. Like, I'm just posturing here, yeah? Look at me, I'm being an author. Yeah, yeah. All the fancy words I know. Yeah, you know, Mm. but some people do that and do it really lovely, and I'm impressed by them, and they're better writers than I am in terms of the... What, that bit? That that part, you know, like, they can do that better than I can. Um, But it's just not me. Mm. And so reading something like this was just very like, oh, you can actually just write a really simple story. It doesn't, the the language doesn't have to be poetic. Mm. Um... And yet, it, the, the vibe of this is so... There is something incredibly meditative and yeah, poetic yeah. about this book, yes. even just with the simple language. Um, I think because of the simple language. Like, I feel... You know, everyone's taste is different, but a lot of my taste extends to where sometimes when it gets too descriptive yeah. or there's too many things going on and too many threads, 
Like I lose the point of mm. what they're trying to, not even what they're trying to say, but it's just let me have a thought. Let me think for myself a little bit. Mm. And so when you're offering this simple sort of thing, it's like me as the reader, I have to think about it. And I don't like the author thinking for me. I don't know whether you agree with that. No, I do. I think it lands a little bit harder as well. You know, like if you have something that's really heartbreaking and you don't spend three paragraphs kind of talking about how heartbreaking it is or how it feels or you just kind of go, oh, that happened. Oh, yeah, he killed himself. Not the other one. And you go, so right. You know, like it's way, yeah, I agree. If you hear it back, you you get more of an emotional response from the reader. I've had heaps of people talk to me about um, to become a whale and um, like being really upset during that like I actually crying during that book and there's a lot of a lot of people are talking about how violent I am in that book as well I get accused of being a very violent person (laughs) in my prose yeah that's really interesting because you're not a violent guy person no No. but the thing is though I'm just I just I literally just list out very simply what's going on and I don't try at least this is my attempt I don't try to amp it up and Mm. dramatic music and the whole thing swelling and yeah I just try to say, no, there it is, and then let's move away. And I think that's worse. I think that's worse for the reader because mm. like, it feels worse that even the author is just dismissing it a little yes, bit. Yes, it's like, it's, like you, it's like you make the reader sad and then you don't give them a hug. <laughs> that's a great analogy. Yeah, yeah man, you know, like, that's it. That's how, that's, I think that's what, I, that's what I try to do as well. But like, I think that's the way to do it. Because like, there you go. And also, you're not even going to get a paragraph saying... Yes, I acknowledge this is sad. And this is going to happen. The boy thought about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just be, yeah. The li- life is sad sometimes. <laughs> life is pain. <laughs> That's absolutely right. <laughs> um, let me see. I've got actual questions that I haven't I know, referred I just to. Once. to me. You have, I, like, I, don't think, I think part of me writing, well, sometimes me writing my questions out is a lot of me getting my thoughts together and mm. then I can just come and talk to you about it. Yeah. Um, Paul, so it's it's Paolo Coelho. I took a long time for me to figure out how to say his name. Yeah. I actually listened to a how to say his name pronunciation oh, really? thing on YouTube. Oh, no. Yeah. I probably got it wrong. Um, that it's guy, awesome. have you have you do you know about him at all? His life is full on. Yeah. There's a biography. Oh, I'm blanking on Fernando someone. That's all right. Um, but I read it. Oh God. Years and years ago, now, over a decade ago. But I read his biography, and that's part of what made me love him even more. Because I read it years after I read the book. But he's just had the most, like, messed up, like, mental health. He was, like, politically active. Yeah, like, yeah. Jailed. Like, yeah. Mental like, institute. Escaped many times. What else have I got? Yeah, so that's... Those two things. Yeah, he was imprisoned by the Brazilian government for being subversive. Yeah, yeah. He was, like, seen as... I, yeah. I don't know if it was communist or what it was. And that gets us up to 1974. <laughs> His life just keeps getting weirder. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> But I love, I don't know, people who have been traumatised tend to write amazing shit. Um, and I think he's had a very traumatic life. Yeah. And he writes about it in a way that, I don't know, John Marston does the same for me. Like, he, he, young, checked himself into, like, a mental... Really? Psychiatric facility. I didn't know that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, um, right. And he, like, I'm not just, like... And, like, stumble across that somewhere, you know, dodgy. Like, I think he's talked about it or it's in his bio somewhere or... Um, yeah, yeah, you're good. But he, you know, he's, he did that. And so when I've read things like Tomorrow and the War Began or Checkers or um, stuff that he's done and it's heavy with the mental health stuff or, or just emotionally or psychologically full on. Yeah. I'm like, this is, like, I really vibe with it because I'm like, this is coming from someone who has lived this. Like, it's experience, he's had, right? Yeah, he's had a fucked up trajectory mm. and he's made it. And I think the same with this. Like, if you, Paliquil is great to follow on social media. Um, I didn't know he was on social media. I, I don't know how much he is. In fact, I don't know if I've... Uh, like Twitter and stuff, you know, like it ends up showing you only what you yes, yeah, interact yeah. with a lot. Yeah, yeah. But I used to see a lot more of his posts and he'd like just go on a daily walk or he'd just say like just really cool shit and it just like, you're like, yeah, you've lived, man. Like yeah. he'd just say stuff like, you know, be a good person but don't waste your time trying to prove it. Yeah. And I just think that is like, that's, I try to live like that as well. I'm like, I'm not here to like. So he's just really wise. He's, I think he's very wise. Yeah. Like I genuinely think he's a very wise man. Yeah. And he's not afraid to be like a little bit provocative or a little bit unexpectedly iconoclastic sometimes like you'll just like randomly push back against something that you know, like, oh, I thought you're a really soft and fluffy you know therapy kind of dude and then you'll say something like whoa, whoa that's He's really, really strong. rough but you're right yeah. for all of that it's a very um, it's a very loving book there's no 
there's almost no conflict in the book. Oh, that's interesting. Well, beyond... Yeah. Obviously, it's whether or not he'll make it to find his personal legend and get the treasure and that journey. Yeah. We're yeah. in that. But there's really no... Because he goes to the crystal shop and it's nice. He goes on his caravan, he meets nice people. He does... It's, it's, that's true. He meets the girl he falls in love with instantly and then she's loving to him and there's no real conflict until right at the end mm. when they get captured Yeah. and he has to... Speak, into, speak to the wind just and turn himself into the wind turn himself into the wind yeah to escape um no, yeah right. so do you know what I mean like it's a very peaceful book yes but I think it was inspired by thank you very much you. I think I've got a feeling so he did the like the pilgrimage um and I forget what it's called it's called the way but it's the Santiago de someone so that's why the boy's name is Santiago oh okay um he did that pilgrimage where he walked kind of all the way through Spain yeah, so, yeah. So I think he did that very peaceful walk and it was like a journey for him. Wow. I think. I don't, okay. don't quote me, but I no, think no. that's why this book kind of mirrors that sense of like a very peaceful walk. It is. allies with people who are, who are gentle and generous and get it. Yeah. Um, it's a very peaceful why. walk. Is, that is what it, it's like. It is. And and I think as well, if you, like, I'm not, I'm not going to talk about my family in like a negative way or anything. No, no. But... I, I don't think I grew up in a space that was kind of like, oh, you want to be like a creative, you know, soft, like sensitive dude. You know, like, go for it. And here's how you do it. And yeah. Like, no one had the skills to do that. And I'm not, I'm not dissing anyone. But no one had the ability to do that. I think and sometimes, too, in those areas, like, it's a little lack of actual time even to even consider they might possibly enjoy it. You know what I mean? Well, but yeah. But, like, I'm one of six kids. You know, like, yeah. my parents were working their asses, asses off. off. Yeah. So, like, I, you know, that's just how it goes. Um, I'm not. I'm not bitter about that. No, but no. I guess what I'm saying is, if you've had that kind of life where you're like, you know, you want to, you want something. You want to be a writer. You want to break out. Have this big dream. You're a little kid, and then suddenly you read a book, and the book is like, essentially, this whole group of people on a pilgrimage with you, going, "Hey, you can do it." And then another one comes along and says, "Hey, you can do it. Yeah, there's obstacles you, mm. can, you can push through. Yeah, hey, you love something, go for it." Like being surrounded by those voices in a book was really quite revolutionary. Yeah, because I thought, okay, well. Even if no one in my life ever says this to me, um, the book did. Yeah. Paolo Coelho said it to me. Yeah. He said I, he said I could do it. That's so cool. It was it was very heartening, and hey, I think it's a nice thing. I, I normally wouldn't like a book without conflict, and I've never thought about it. But you are right. There's not, <laughs> not actually a lot of like the conflict is internal. Internal, just, exactly. And across those obstacles. Yeah. And things like but that. even the, even his internal conflict, he never seems to waver too drastically into. I'm not going to make it. Mm. He, he questions it, but it never feels like he's waiting around in there believing it. You're always like, nah, he's going to get there. Mm. I never doubted that he would make it in the end, you know. Mm. And, and, yeah, but I think that was kind of heartening to read, mm. to, to see someone who doesn't waver. And you go, oh, okay, I could, I could, I, can, I could be that strong. I could not waver as well. Mm. Have you had people in your writing career, especially, who have been, like, real champions, who have really been like those pilgrims who have walked in off the street and then and been generous and, and raised you up? Yeah, I feel like saying most. That's cool, yeah. And I don't know if I'm... No, I'm probably naive, to be honest. Like, you know, I'll interpret someone saying something polite as someone being really kind, and it's not always the same thing. Not a bad quality. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I think I I end up leading myself into, like, we are friends, and then, like, oh, no, no, they were just being polite. They're just being polite. Oh, that's all Um, But whatever it is, kindness or politeness, I feel like writers have given a lot of that to me. Yeah, um, right. And that was like finding at Rider Tribe. You know, I had a 5 a.m. Riders Club you know, mm. for a while. Um, people in there were great. I've got a Riders of the North group now. So like David Allen Patali, Sarah Foster, Josephine Taylor. Like we kind of all raise each other up. Um, and every, almost every writer you meet, you know, there's like two percent of writers you meet are kind of pricks. Yeah. Um, but 98 percent are just like the nicest people ever. Yeah. Um, so I've always felt that from from other writers. Me too. Do you think that's just because they've been through it, right? They they know what it's like to be on maybe having realised their personal legend, to use the quote from the book, yeah. and they're like, it's hard to get here. I need to help other people. People help me, right? Yeah, we're all on the same pilgrimage. We're on the same pilgrimage. I like it using the personal legend thing because that's how I've thought about it my whole life. Oh, like, okay. Like, I'm like, this is my personal legend. Yeah. Um, but that is my, yeah, so you find those other people. I don't know, we're all walking along the same road. We're all looking for our treasure in Egypt. And yeah. so it just... You know, how weird would it be if that if that path to Egypt was, like, interrupted by some other people who were like, you can't have the treasure, we want it. Like, that's, yeah. that's effectively, you know, when you do find a random, you know, it's very rare that you find someone in this industry who's like, 
wanting to actually get in your actively way. stop you. Yeah. Very rare. Yeah. But when it does happen, it's kind of like, what the hell? Are, we're all we're all trying to get this here. Yeah. We're all trying to get our own personal thing happening. Yeah. Like, you know, Let's um, help each other out. I think so. But even like my favorite part of this, and I have lots of favorite parts of this book. Um, now I'm thinking of two. But um, <laughs> but there was no. There's one I really like where he kind of he's afraid to. He's like he's like my, my heart is afraid it will have to suffer. And, and oh, that Alchemist, was good too. Yeah, uh-huh, you know, yeah. it's kind of like you know, the fear of suffering is worse than the suffering itself. To me, as like this anxious, panic, disordery kid, and I, I never had a diagnosis for that when I was a kid. I was just like, I think I'm dying all the time. Yeah, <laughs> that's weird. Um, is this normal? Is it? Yeah, no, I just thought it was normal. Yeah. Um, but to, to read something like that, mm. you know, the fear is worse. You know, the yeah. fear is worse. I, I just thought, wow, okay, like I can push past the fear because yeah, you're right. That is going to kill me. And I'm not even going to get what I want. So I, I love that particular line. Yeah. I, I think it's also the one about like, <clears throat> kind of like reading the omens and trusting your gut. You know, like he's got the the two stones, the white stone and the black stone. You kind of read the omens. Um, I really like that. That stuff's interesting to me too, because I feel like you could, they might not, I, I, it, the book's not conclusive too. Are they omens in the world of the book? Uh-huh. Or is he just reading into things? Mm-hmm. Either way, it helps. But don't you think that's... It's great. It helps. It's because, it. because you're writing your own story, right? Yeah. So, like, if I'm writing my own story and I'm like, I, I, I fell in love with maps when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a town planner. And that led me all the way to meeting a geography teacher mm-hmm. who then gave me this book that made me go, I'm going to be a writer. Right. It's like, a, to me, that's the story that's of my That's the story, life. yeah. That's part of my story. I don't know if it's true. Mm. Like, I mean, it's true. That is what happened. Yeah. But, like... Was that, you know, was that really that significant? Yeah. Like, well, it's how you, it was. It's how you... Uh, to me, it was an omen. Retrospectively looking at it, and even, mm. I guess, during at the time, you did see it as a, a different, a call away into doing something different. It's interesting, eh, when you think about it like that. It was profound. Like, I remember reading this, it was like in summer. I remember, like, laying on the tiles in Jerome. I know what, like, we, we had aircon by that point. When we were kids, we didn't have aircon. So it was like, mm-hmm. um, you lay on the tiles to get cool. I remember laying on the tiles, reading this book, listening to John Butler trigger. Um, and it was like, you know, one of those like really kind of folky, amazing songs. Um, but I just remember feeling like it's really profound, like, oh my God, like, this book is changing my life. I, I'm going to have a different life because I've read this book. Yeah, wow. Well, I'm glad you've chosen to talk about it, man, because like I said, I hadn't read it. Mm. Um, probably we've got time for one more question. Um, I'm really interested in the the spiritual side of this book, because it's, mm. it's really... I think really open to religion and God and spiritual questions and he is very non-judgmental about people who see omens and things like that. I'm just wondering for you, man, like where do you fall in that line and um, is it ever stuff that you really think about? Yeah, I'm just curious. Mm. Um, I think it had an impact on me, to be honest. Like, I was raised Catholic. Kind of, you know, I think he was too, from my understanding. Yeah, yeah. it's quite interesting that I, I end up falling into a similar place as him. Like everything he kind of says that surrounds spirituality in this book, I'm kind of like, yeah, that vibes with me. Like, yeah, I, I, that sounds good. Yeah. Um, no, he is. You're right. He's very non-judgmental about it, but he's also because he has a lot to do with you know Allah and, and, mm. and Islam, and he has a lot to do with Catholicism and even Christianity underneath different branches of Catholicism. Yeah. So. There's no, like, inter-religious conflict. It's just everyone listening to each other and talking about their ideas. Yeah, and I think... I mean, it's so peaceful. Again, it vibes with that peaceful thing. Yeah, yeah. But, um... I don't know, I've always just thought... So I'm not religious now. Like, I... Yeah. I have... I, because I grew up so Catholic, I, I've read the Bible a lot. So, um... Yeah, the New Testament. Like, I, Jesus was a dude. Like, I actually quite have a lot of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. ...affinity for Jesus' teaching. Yeah. So, you know, I wouldn't entirely say I'm not vaguely in line with some of those beliefs because they're quite nice peaceful beliefs the Christian kind of things there's lots of them that especially dogmatically I don't I really don't like yeah sure Um, so I'd never I don't really call myself that Um, fair enough but I just look at it and maybe this book does too it's like you know every culture has developed some version of a religion or a spirituality yeah and I I don't think they clash I think they complement each other because they're all ways of like every culture in the Mm. world has felt some sense that oh, there's something bigger. We're connected to something bigger. A bigger idea. Something. Yeah. And we and so we reach out for it through all these different channels, but it's the same thing. Mm. Um, and so I've always really liked this. It's kind of um, I don't know, just a belief that there is some 
something bigger. Yeah. And you can tap into that that power or that magic even in this book it's kind of magical alchemy but um, yeah he does tap into that like mysticism stuff as well too doesn't he it's a bit like hermeticism or something like that yeah but no I I just really vibe with I don't know like in a very non um, non sophisticated way you know what I mean like (laughs) the extent of it is I really go yeah I vibe with that man yeah sounds good like I just sound like an absolute hippie like but that's, I think that's the extent of my feelings towards okay, it. Okay. I like the idea that's interesting. that there is a soul of the world, that all humans are connected. And did you get a lot of that belief from that book? Or Yeah. 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 That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, like, and it sounds nuts when I say it out loud. We're all well, part of you know, one big soul, Ben. Yeah, okay, yeah, it does sound a bit strange. <laughs> Especially when you look at me like Join that. Join us. Uh, Have you heard about our Lord and Savior, Have Lord and Shepherd? <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard? <laughs> Have you heard about the Facebook group where all the authors meet? <laughs> Um, are you Come in join it. it. To, <laughs> I'm not invited. No, what happened? <laughs> um, um, anyway, it's a lovely book, and I, I have a lot of time for it. Yeah, and it's guided a lot of my stuff, a lot of my worldview, without necessarily being. I'm not wedded to it. I'm just like, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not going to die in a ditch if someone says, "I hate this book and 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 it sucks and you shouldn't believe in it." You're no, like, they'll okay, di- they'll die in a ditch. You, do. <laughs> <laughs> you don't just the alchemist in front of me. Oh wow, okay, <laughs> getting full on now. <laughs> Alright, right, well I think we'll finish there Thank you for being a part of I didn't introduce anything, hey Whoops (laughs) I'm pretty uh, Can we not not record? I'll record something later I always actually record something later Yeah, Yeah, I'm pretty um, I think I think I have good conversations with people But uh, I don't really like Intros and outros and all I don't like people reading bios I just, I get tired of that stuff I know it's important, I know people like it but um um, just my thing. Anyway, thank you for being in Brisbane and for taking the time to come and eat a burger with me. Mate, it's been so awesome. Mm. Thanks for letting me do it. And uh, guys, if you want, read The Alchemist, hit Holden up or me up onto any of the social medias. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And even if you've already read it and it was inspiring to you the same way it was to Holden, um, it'd be really cool. I love hearing when people connect over books. So, uh, yeah, hit us up. And, yeah, see you next time, I guess, somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs>